episode 5 of the Rundown Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Justin Rogers, and you can find me, as always, on Twitter at RunDFF. I'm here with Jeff Roby. Our apologies, but due to personal issues, we couldn't jump on last night. But we're back with you here on this lovely Tuesday evening to deliver the goods. To me, the story of the week is the road teams going 11-5, the ultimate road warriors, and the NFL losing two more starting quarterbacks. They're dropping like flies. All in all, there were nine teams that had to use backups this season, uh, whether due to injury or just poor play. <coughs> Eli Manning. <clears throat> but not a problem for Jacksonville, New Orleans, or the Giants. And even Pittsburgh overcame Mason Rudolph's mediocrity to help beat the hapless Bengals. I'm just not sure how much more of this we as fans or the NFL as a whole can handle, though. Uh, J- Jeff, you're going through it with your team, man. How are you feeling about these QB, the QB apocalypse, as we called it? Well, I think that that bug is actually spreading across uh, more than just the quarterbacks. I'm starting to see wide receivers go down, and that's not making me feel too good neither. So we'll get back to the, the little bit about notable injuries here in a minute. I might surprise you guys with a few of them, but you know, hey, this is a this is a a, a season where you where you say you got to have depth, and depth is probably going to get you further. And when you're when you're drafted early on, were you the guy who drafted with some handcuffs? Did you think about, hey, this guy, if I lose this guy, do I have any depth that he's my only running back? And then the next running back I picked was in the fifth round. Uh, you know, that's the type of that's that's how you got to be when you have fantasy. You got to be thinking about those. Is this one is this one injury going to knock me out for the whole season? So and what are you going to do to overcome that? So, right. yeah, it's, it's been tough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I always preach uh, get as many skill position players as you can because it's a contact sport. People are going to go down. Uh, we had some big injuries this week. Uh, you just can't foresee who it is gonna who's it going to be. But at the same time, you have to be prepared for if it's your guy. Uh, I know a lot of people. I'm sending out trades left and right because I've got the depth now, and I see teams that are maybe a little bit shallower, and they may need that third running back because. Their backup or, you know, even their second starter is questionable this week. Uh, you know, someone like Marlon Mack, we don't even know about. Uh, but there's just so many questions out there. And we've got to look forward to stacking your lineup, getting your, your bench filled with players that have a high upside and so that we can get going as we get further into the season with championship quality rosters. We don't want that I'm going to get seventh place with Frank Gore. You know, when Devin Singletary comes back, Frank Gore is worthless. I mean, you don't want to start that guy. You don't want Carlos Hyde on your roster having to start him every week. You want guys with high upside, and that's where you kind of make that move, especially if you're 3-1, and 4-0 uh, and oh right now. You've got to kind of work toward those uh, high upside, championship-quality, game-changer players. And speaking of game-changing players, uh, we got our varsity. Uh, I kept it simple. Jeff has got him loaded. He's got players left and right. But I just want to stick with one guy, and that's my boy Nick Chubb from the University of Georgia, killing it for the for the Cleveland Browns. 20 for 165 on the ground. He goes 3 for 18 through the air, scores three touchdowns, rushing. Just an incredibly huge game. Number one running back for the, for the uh, week. And there's just nothing more to say than that Cleveland team ran up and down on Baltimore, and Baltimore is no longer scary on defense. Uh, hey, if you drafted Nick Chubb, you're feeling really great after week four. Yeah, so let me tell you, I think you missed the missed the greatest stat that Nick Chubb produced this weekend, okay? And that's the fact that NFL Next Gen Stats came out 
saying that he ran 21.95 miles per hour. Okay? <laughs> that is flying. Okay? I'm just going to put it this way. Baker Mayfield hit 18.92 miles per hour. Couldn't even catch up trying to chase him down the field for celebration. Okay? So maybe drop a couple Bud Lights there if you go catch up with Nick Chubb because that boy can roll. I'm quote, unquote, from Baker Mayfield. That's probably the best stat of all. Yeah, dude. Hey, look, when he was coming out, a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know if he has a speed. But I watched him, of course, when he was at Georgia. And when he turned the corner, he was gone. I mean, he had so many big plays. I don't know who, what they missed, but his game speed is incredible. Uh, he had the, I don't know if you remember last year, he had that crazy 90-something yard reception where he caught a little pass. And next thing you know, he turned on the Jets and was gone. So nothing surprises me with that guy. He's got the wiggle. He's got the burst. And they're using him in the pass game this year, unlike last year. That's a huge improvement for him, especially if you're in a half PPR, full PPR league. But he's a three-down back. Uh, he's making me less and less worried about Kareem Hunt when Hunt comes back in week 11. So I feel great about Nick Chubb right now. Nick Chubb's getting all this hype. Maybe it's because he took it on, turned on the afterburners and went. But let me tell you about a running back that, that seems to just, for some reason, just be getting – maybe he's hidden behind a mustache. And that's litter for net guys, okay? Maybe he's hidden behind the the missed you, mustache, Uncle Julio's uh, forgotten son out there in, in down in Jacksonville. And litter for net, 29 rushes for 225 yards. He caught caught two passes. And and the reason why he's not getting a lot of hype right now is because somehow you run up and down the field twice, and you don't score a touchdown. You know, so, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe that's why the hype isn't there, but but the dude is playing good. I think uh, Garner Minshew is helping him. I think they're, they're going to find out that this is actually the Fournette hype, not the, uh, the Minshew hype there, but he's he's one of my varsity players this week. Yeah, I like Fournette, but he hadn't done it until this week. It's not like he's been blowing up. I mean, he hadn't topped 66 yards on the ground up until this week. It was kind of one of those in the past Derrick Henry games where he's, eh, he's all right, he's all right. Oh, my gosh, there's Derrick Henry. Same kind of thing with Fournette. Uh, it was the quietest 225-yard game I've ever heard of. I yep. mean, we were talking in the group chat, you and I and a couple of other guys, and all of a sudden it was like, wait, Fournette's over 200 yards. What is that? Where did that come from? You know, uh, He just grinds it out. He's not breaking off, you know, 70-yard touchdown runs, and that's part of it. But when they're going to hand him the ball 29 times and he's going to be that effective against what's supposed to be a good Broncos D, you can't complain about that one bit. I don't care if he didn't score a touchdown. 250 total yards with the passing and running combined. Uh, you, there's just nothing nothing bad about that at all, regardless of whether he gets in the end zone. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think another big surprise to me, you know, and I, I killed you in, in the first two weeks when it came to uh, talking about Florida teams. But let me jump to another Florida team. And, uh, no, I'm not talking about the Deep South one because nobody's talking about them. But what I am talking about is, is Tampa Bay, okay? How you go to the Rams and, and put up against Aaron Donald, uh, the best defensive player in the NFL, uh, and you go up there and, and just ball out Jameis Winston, ball out Godwin. And Jameis Winston finished the weekend as the number one fantasy quarterback. And and he that, that's following a week three performance that was already pretty good. So, I mean, you're talking about 385 yards passing and four touchdowns. I mean, that's just a fantastic. And so 
right now it's like, man, why don't I start Evans and 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 Godwin each week? Because you know, between the two of them, I'm gonna get thirty points. One of them might get zero, the other one might get thirty. You know, yeah. who knows? So, <laughs> but at least each week I know I'm gonna get fifteen between the two of them. One of them just might get thirty. You know, but it, it's a fantastic Jameis Winston, man, just playing playing outstanding. I think it just that Bruce Arians offense to me. Varsity play out of Tampa Bay. Certainly as a Saints fan, I'm a little nervous coming in here. I thought this was the gimme game that we had to get uh, after coming off of two expected losses, now two wins. Uh, so we can't, you know, I, I, I see this as a trap game for the Saints, but Jameis Winston balling out. Yeah, look, Jameis has one of those where he has a really low floor and an incredibly high ceiling, and we've seen both. We've seen the floor in the first two weeks. We've seen the ceiling. Uh, against the Giants and the Rams the last two weeks. I mean, 765 yards and seven touchdowns over the last two weeks. That's just nuts. I mean, it's just stupid. Uh, you can't complain about that. If I'm the Saints, yeah, I'm the same way. Uh, they have not played a player who has that kind of ceiling. Uh, when he comes into town, that could be one of the situations where either he throws up a dud and you guys get another easy, you know, defense-led victory, or he puts some some uh, points on the board, and I don't know that Teddy Bridgewater can can keep up. So I'd be worried as well. And Jameis going to Godwin and Winston, I mean, they both had really nice weeks this week. Godwin was crazy, and uh, Evans got his. It's just, hmm, I'd keep rolling both those guys out there expecting really solid numbers. Well, look, not everything was good on the weekend. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I had some elite receivers on my teams that really just they crapped the bed for us, and I wanted to drop a little cuss word there because uh, that's what I do sometimes, but I'll just keep it clean for you guys. But Odell Beckham Jr., two for 20 yards. Man, I've got him on three different teams, and he, he submarined all three teams. Uh, you just can't you can't overcome that kind of performance from one of your studs, uh, not without getting some unknown random player just balling out, and I didn't have that, unfortunately. Uh, if you're getting 20 yards and two catches from your second round pick, uh, you're just not going to you're not going to win most weeks. And that was how it went for me this week with Odell. Uh, there was a couple of the guys, Hopkins, Keenan, but Odell really topped it with his poor performance, especially with Landry going off and Mayfield doing really well on the week with uh, covering over 300 yards on, through the air. I just really disappointed to see that Odell didn't show up in the box score. So I'm right there with you. Um, I, and I don't understand, you know, maybe it's just uh, Jarvis Landry's week. And, and on a, you know, you expect a lot, but when the running backs run the way they are, they, and that's the way to, that's the game plan. Uh, maybe this team is built around Chubb and, and you got to start an OBJ, but at the same time, I mean, It'd be interesting, kind of, kind of monitoring what Jarvis Landry's going through right now with his is his injury, which we'll get into a little bit. But you know, maybe this is a one-off for OBJ. So we'll we'll have to see. You know, for me, I, I'm gonna go to another wide receiver. You kind of mentioned it just a second ago, but Keenan Allen. I mean, so here's something just to, to interesting is that the Chargers had to travel. You know, what is it like? almost 3,000 miles across the country and play essentially 10 o'clock in the morning on, on, on West coast time to, in Miami. And they, yeah, they put up 30 points. Yeah. The game was nearly over, but they did start real slow um, comparatively to other teams that played against Miami. Now Miami has been playing good, really good in, in, against in the first half, but for a team that put up 30 points, 
You expect the number one receiver in the league going into week four to, and Keenan Allen to really have put up a lot more, a lot better performance than what he did. And, you know, to me, I, I, he's kind of one of my studs this week. Yeah, five receptions for only 48 yards. I mean, the targets weren't there. I don't know. The, I started not- him. I started him in every DFS lineup I set this week, uh, simply because Mike Williams was out. Uh, they don't have pass catchers. It was the Dolphins, and he sure let me down. Uh, the league that I'm in, that 16 team crazy keeper league, uh, he was one of he and Odell together. <laughs> Whatever. As soon as I saw that, I was like, yeah, I can't win this, and that's fine. I was three and zero and three and one now with a really bad loss uh, because. Without those guys, it was just silly uh, looking at the rest of the lineup. It didn't matter what happened. If you get, you know, eight, ten points combined from two stud wide receivers, you're just you're looking at a bombshell, and it blew up in my face. Yeah, I'd say sticking with, with wide receivers, another one that kind of really bombed out on us was uh, Kansas City's wide receivers. I mean, you're talking about Sammy Watkins getting 54 yards. You're talking about uh, – Hardman, goose egg, uh, Demarcus Robinson, 35 yards on nine targets. You know, no touchdowns between them. And, and Watkins even had a fumble. You know, and so, man, that was a – that was a. Uh, what are we saying about uh, the Lions' defense there, you know, in one day? But they, they scored 34 points. Yeah, I'll tell you well, what I'm saying. And seven, did you did you see the uh, fumble return? One of those – seven of those points was on a crazy 100-yard yeah, fumble return. Yeah. Yeah, carry on was basically laying on top of other guys and they pulled the ball out. And 14 point swing that really saved Kansas City's yeah. game there. But so. I'll tell you what I think about that is KC played as bad as they really could on offense, given what they have. I don't foresee them playing any worse. And they beat a good Detroit Lions team. So when they're clicking, it's going to be tough to beat them. When they're not clicking, you really need to play almost a perfect game. And Detroit, with that huge uh, screw up on the goal line, that basically cost them the game because you can't give, you cannot open the door for the Kansas City Chiefs with that offense. You've got to take advantage of their poor defense and get it done, and they didn't. Yeah, I say the other thing in the Kansas City game you got to look at is that you know there was a pretty pretty amazing play there with Kelsey catching that pass and doing a quick lateral to Sean McCoy. You know they they said that it wasn't planned, but uh, but that was like a thirty something yard play. That just kind of opened up the uh, fourth quarter, and so you know, to me, you know, that's just that's just the thing that's going right now. When you sometimes when you're a Super Bowl bound team, or at least you're a championship bound team, you need plays like that to keep going your way, and that Kansas City's got that right now. So, yeah, that was that was a slick little play. That was really sweet. Uh, I mean, it was like the it was a hook and ladder, but it was so quick that you hardly even. I mean. It was like catch uh, lateral, just like that. Yeah, so I'd say, let me tell you one one quick one. Uh, Adrian Peterson can't play him anymore. Yeah, whatever. Rest 28 it's a, yards. It's a Killing right. me, done. Uh, and did two quick defenses that I thought were, were streamer defenses. Uh, Rams, we already covered against Tampa Bay. And, and, and Indy, man. Indy was doing well. Uh, just kind of like Green Bay, you were expecting, you know, a top top five defense the way they've been playing. Uh, Indy playing against the Raiders, and they just kind of goose egg, man. So it really, really surprising me about that. I'm really disappointed in those two defenses. So, but let's get on with the rest of the show. Let's talk about the rundown, man. 
Yeah, yeah, I got you, man. We we want to keep that uh, intro a little shorter so we can get to the, the stuff that's going to help you guys coming up. Uh, so anyways, let's get the rundown. Uh, we've got some really big injuries. Uh, we already, already touched on it just for in passing, but Josh Allen and Mitch Trubisky, uh, two more quarterbacks gone. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's going to miss probably several weeks. He's got a dislocated shoulder, torn, a partially torn labrum. They're not going to do surgery, uh, but I don't know that that's going to be uh, something that you're really excited about when he returns anyway. Um, Chase Daniels looked fine. I know a lot of people were raving about him. It's not like he lit up the scoreboard. I mean, the team scored 16 points, so I don't want to hear that he's great or he's better than Mitch Trubisky. They're probably about the same, to be honest. And Chase Daniels doesn't run. Uh, Josh Allen, on the other hand, that's a huge loss for the Buffalo Bills. Now, I don't know how long he's going to be out. Uh, it's a concussion. He got smoked by Jonathan Joseph uh, in what was kind of a weird play where Josh Allen started to duck his head trying to get down, and it just ha- it just so happened that Joseph came in and just helmet to helmet. Uh, but what what we could see is a really bad Matt Barkley-led Bills team where the defense is great. I mean, we saw what they did against that in New England offense that has been rolling. They shut them down completely. But on the other hand, uh, if you're not able to score more than three or six points or whatever, like Matt Barkley, which I don't foresee him being able to do much more than that, uh, you're looking at a really rough spot. So hopefully Josh Allen can come back sooner than later. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is whatever. But uh, a couple of the big injuries and that could affect entire teams. Devontae Adams, uh, he's got turf toe. He's, I'm sure he's going to miss this week. They haven't ruled him out. Uh, of course, it's early, but uh, he's going to miss probably this week. And I would guess one or two more after that at least. Uh, and without him, again, the expectations for Aaron Rodgers are not as high as they should be or or were preseason. I saw this earlier uh, yesterday. Uh, Gardner Minshew has more fantasy points than Aaron Rodgers. Gardner Minshew didn't even start the season. He was the backup. And he's got more fantasy points. And it's not like Minshew has been incredible. He's been very good for a Jacksonville team that needed some help on offense. But we're talking about a guy in Aaron Rodgers who was a top two or three quarterback preseason. And he just has not lived up to the billing. Even this past week, um, he just – I know he piled, piled up a pretty good box score, a couple touchdowns, a lot of yards. But he didn't look good doing it. And nothing about that offense feels great right now with Devontae Adams out because now you got an MVS and Geronimo Allison level wide receiver core who they're just whatever. I mean, I would, I would boost Allison higher than I would move MVS just because of the familiarity. I think if you need a wide receiver one on that team that Aaron Rodgers is going to lean a little bit more on Allison, not to say that Allison is going to be better than MVS, just that he, he gets a bigger boost. I think they're going to lean more on Aaron Jones. He had a really tough matchup against the Eagles front seven. Let me jump in here with uh, with Devontae Adams real quick. And and so I kind of talked about him last week and, and how I was kind of bummed out about him. But I did say, you know, start him. He's going to play for you. Do, don't don't get down on him. But, we, you know, last week I said you need to buy him low. OK, so if you can. And and here's a guy who, yes, he, he's got he's got turf toe. But they're saying it's not serious. OK, Um 180 yards. I don't know how you catch 180 yards and not score a touchdown. I, 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 I literally, I, I don't even understand how that's possible. Well, 225 yards rushing. He's yes. not the fastest guy in the world. He's not the fastest guy in the world. So he's not going to break off 
an 80-yard touchdown. I mean, he's a possession receiver, a very good possession receiver, but he's not going to break loose and cut across the field and end up scoring that 75, 80-yard touchdown. So uh, if he's going to get his receptions, but they're going to be 25, 30 yards, maybe 40, uh, before he gets caught from behind. When you average it over – over 18 yards, or, or no, spot on. He was averaging 18 yards a catch. You know, he had 15 targets. I mean, man, thank you. Finally, if you are a a Devonte Adams uh, fantasy owner like I am, you finally got rewarded Thursday night. However, you know now you get a little bit of concern with the turf toe, but he it doesn't seem serious. You know, I handcuffed MBS when I saw he was on the injury report like two weeks ago, and I saw somebody dropped MBS. I picked him up. You know, I think head coach Matt LaFleur is kind of like saying, hey, maybe I understand that I, I might have a pretty good duo here between uh, between my quarterback and wide receiver, and I stay with it. You know, so they got him going early. They got him going off, and that's the thing Devontae Adams needs as a wide receiver one, and you can kind of see that's the way they're going to go. So I think he's going to be back quick. Yeah, he wasn't at practice yesterday. I didn't see the practice report from today, but – uh, it is a turf toe, so maybe he's out a week. Maybe MVS is your play, plug and play here. But honestly, I think Devontae Adams, uh, yeah, it is a notable injury. And you got him down as a buy low target. We'll hit that up a little bit later, but you can buy him low um, still. But I think after his next game, if he's still clicking with Aaron Rodgers, those touches are going to come. 18, yeah, no. Look, yards, when- great. Yeah, when he hits the field again, and I know people are downplaying the turf toe. Look, you can't sprain your big toe, which is basically tearing the ligament. You can't sprain your big toe and then push off. That's the problem. That's why he sat there on the ground trying to work his toe because he sprained the hell out of it. There's no such thing as mild turf toe. Ask uh, Julio Jones. It bothers you. It doesn't make running easily easy. So, I, you know, you're very optimistic about him, and maybe that I think part of that is because you own him. I don't anywhere. Uh, just because of how the drafts fell. Uh, so I, I feel like I have a little bit more objective feel for this. Uh, I know you're hopeful as an owner, but I would be prepared for a two- or three-week stint where you're without him. But when he returns, he's going to be the man. And just like he showed this past week with 15 targets, 10 for 180, you cannot pass that kind of production up. Uh, he's an easy buy for me, but we'll get to those in a minute. Uh, speaking of wide receivers who have been pretty good early in the season, especially the first couple weeks, John Ross, I don't know if you guys saw it, and probably not because it was Bengals and no one really pays much attention to him. But uh, late in that game, he left. He, he was his arm was just dangling down. He's got a major shoulder injury. He's going to miss a few weeks now, and that's a problem for the uh, entire Bengals offense. But it does open up some opportunities that we'll talk about in a minute. But just yeah, be prepared I was a little surprised not by be starting John Ross. I was a little surprised by John Ross. I think a lot of people saw his first uh, first two weeks against Seattle, San Francisco, and saw. Hey, here's a guy who's almost put up 300 yards and three touchdowns and in two weeks, and they ball. And then he puts up, you know, he gets five receptions for less than, like, just about 50 yards in the last two weeks against Buffalo and Pittsburgh. You know, yeah, the injury came. Right. The Buffalo matchup was tough, yeah. The Buffalo so matchup I, was tough. The Pittsburgh matchup, they should have been able to exploit a little bit more, but still. Uh, the, what you're getting is a, is a Deshaun Jackson type of player. You're getting a guy who can either explode for a huge game or he's going to cost you a week. You know, when he gets when he gets three for 35, you can't be surprised because that's the kind of receiver he is. When he breaks off a big play and gets loose in the secondary, of course you're feeling great. But otherwise, 
you're, you're not looking at a guy who's going to go out there and catch a bunch of, you know, eight, 10 yard out routes and, and curls and pile up a bunch of, you know, meaningless yards that add up a lot in the, uh, in the box score. So here's but, my problem with it. I'm, I'm, I'm almost to the point where I'm dropping John Ross because of this injury. And here's why. Yeah. I think he doesn't easy. have a buy until week nine. Yeah. He's sitting his best games that he would be, I would think being put able to those, those numbers up again would be at Arizona coming up. Right. He's got them this weekend, which he ain't going to play. And then maybe you got Baltimore. Okay. Yeah. That was, that's, that seemed to be a game where the, the scoring is high. Then you got Jacksonville, another team that you can you can score. Then you got the Rams. Like, well, if they continue to play like they did against Tampa Bay, that's a high scoring game. Then you get your bye. So these were games right there. But if he's injured for it, you don't get your bye till week nine. Like, why? What? Just drop it, or or yeah. maybe sell him as part of a trade uh, handcuff to him. But you ain't gonna. No, nah, he's to me. He's, I'm dropping him if I got a guy that we, you know, I might gotta go get later on. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't have a problem one bit with dropping him. Uh, he's a guy that is really nice when he's performing, but he's about to be on the bench for uh, at least a couple, maybe three or four weeks. So they may hold him out through the bye, and you can't sit there with – he's not a stud. He's not that guy that you want to hang on to. He's not Tyree Kill. You know, he's not Melvin Gordon on the holdout. He's just another, you know, good, solid player, but not spectacular game-winning type from week to week. Uh, another guy who – let's talk about two guys, actually – uh, we had some concussion issues with some uh, pass catchers. Jarvis Landry, after the huge game, leaves late. Um, and then TJ Hawkinson uh, tries to go crazy out there and uh, make a wild play and ends up getting smoked. Uh, it's just one of those situations where you don't want to see these guys get a head injury, but it, it is one of those unpredictable situations, just like the Josh Allen thing, where you just don't know how it's going to affect the player going forward. Again, could be back this week could miss four weeks you know it's just impossible to know ask jordan reed he's he's had enough of them he should probably write a book on concussions uh because these guys could really learn a lot from getting hit in the head and exposing themselves to those kind of hits uh, like tj hawkinson did it was really disappointing because jarvis landry was having that monster game uh, really looked like he was clicking with baker mayfield but he may be out for a week or two now uh hawk with uh what you know, for us, after the after weeks, the last few weeks, he really showed out. And uh, as a tight end, all you're looking for is a, t- is a touchdown. And he did you well there. And look, I want to talk about one more guy. And he's not a sco- he's not a point scoring player for us. He, you're not going to have him on a lineup, but he is significant in fantasy football. And that's Tyron Smith. Now, he's the Cowboys left tackle. He's got a high ankle sprain. I don't know if you all remember a couple years ago, but he was out. And Dak Prescott uh, took a beating back there. That's his man. He's got, Tyron Smith is the best left tackle in football. And without him, that offensive line is not the same. So I don't know how that's going to work. But I think you should keep an eye on how his injury affects Zeke, how it affects Dak Prescott, how it affects Amari Cooper. Uh, maybe Amari has to run shorter routes now. Maybe they have to adjust the offense. Maybe Zeke gets a little more action from the from the backfield. Uh, through the pass game because he hasn't been that involved uh, with receiving, but they may have to now with a little bit less protection, a little bit less time uh, back there behind center. All right. So look, there's a lot of injuries, a lot of players underperforming right now. Uh, I think as we get further into the season, these are the guys 
that you're going to look to maybe boister your roster later in the season. Um, you know, Devontae Adams is a great buy. We mentioned him earlier. Uh, Joe Mixon is one of those guys that's underperforming. I think you can get him cheap. David Montgomery, Le'Veon Bell, uh, even Todd Gurley. That's a guy who maybe you can you can go ahead and jump on uh, because he has not done well, but I think his opportunities will come. Either way, he's a starting running back, but somebody might be burned on him right now. Um, as far as wide receivers, Odell, Robbie Anderson, Tyler Boyd, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, all these are guys that can that can uh, really capitalize on opportunity. Tyler Boyd, with John Ross out, he's about to be uh, a beast, especially this week against Arizona. Uh, Robbie Anderson is going to see better days with uh, Sam Darnold coming back. Uh, by the way, little heads up, Sam Darnold is not going to play this week, it doesn't look like. I know the, the uh, projection was week five, but it looks like it's been a little bit slower. You know, it's just an enlarged spleen situation. I don't know if you guys know anything about mono, but uh, it's a it's a um, illness to the spleen, and if it's enlarged, he can't play because it it's a big danger. So it's not one of those where oh I'm 90%, I can go out there and play. No, he's got to be completely healed. So they're gonna play it safe with him. Uh, Odell, especially if Jarvis Landry misses games, he is gonna be a monster. And on the other end, uh, if you've got players like this on your roster who you can sell. A couple of different reasons. You know, Juju, sell him on name value because with Mason Rudolph, uh, I don't trust him week to week. Heck, I don't know if I trust him any week right now. Uh, James Conner, he actually got outsnapped by Jalen Samuels. Uh, I think that's a big issue. Uh, not because uh, I don't think James Conner can produce, but I don't think he's going to produce like he did this past week. And then Chris Godwin, uh, he's still on that, that early season tear. So these three guys, Juju, Chris Godwin, James Conner, Juju, because I don't think that there's anywhere for him to go, but he's still got the name value. And Chris Godwin and James Conner, because their their value is high right now, and I think it's going to fade as we go forward. So tell me about, tell me what you think about all those guys. I know I, I threw a lot at you, Jeff, but I want to hear what you got. So I 100% agree with you with Juju. I think what you're finding, I think what we're, we're realizing is that Juju is a great wide receiver as long as he's got a guy like Antonio Brown on the other side of the ball. I'm sorry to say that I, I do own Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. Uh, I love the name Juju, uh, the, the, you know, for my own personal reasons. But I will say this, the fact that Antonio Brown ain't there, I think the only team right now hurting worse because Antonio Brown out there is Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and, and Juju Smith-Schuster is, is, is seeing that all these double coverages that he's getting, he's just not playing the way I expected him to play as a wide receiver one getting up there and playing. He's just not. So so other than a couple – and you got to look. Look, guys, when you're out there looking at what his touchdowns are, see when they came in like a garbage time or maybe like a, a fluke play or something like that and say this is the reason why Justin's telling you to sell high on this guy. Because that's not going to be the, the the given, you know. Now, on the opposite end, Chris Godwin, I don't agree with Justin. I, I don't think you sell high. I think you keep him. I was kind of saying earlier, like, I could see a situation in shootout games, and it's not this weekend, but there are games coming up down there, there, there rough where you almost could – and I never do this, but you could find yourself, if you had Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, you could play both of them. And who knows? Um, to me, I'm not selling Godwin. I mean, he's a wide receiver, too. So I'm not even putting him on my bench. 
So I'm not selling him because I feel good about him. And even though that he may be up and down, he is still better than Juju Smith-Schuster right now. I mean, he just is. I just don't. I'm yeah, I would sell him for Juju. Let me play a quick name game for, with you, Jeff. I mentioned three guys in the buy lows. Uh, Chris Godwin or Devontae Adams? Who do you want? Devontae Adams. Okay. How about Beckham? OBJ. Who do you want? Between OBJ and those. those... And Godwin. And Godwin. Just straight up. Godwin or OBJ? Um, OBJ. Yeah. And how about Hopkins? DeAndre Hopkins or Chris Godwin? Jeez, what Hopkins am I getting? <laughs> I, I don't think that. The one I hope, hope I'm going to get or the one that's been playing this year? Because the one I'm playing this year – I mean, Jesus Christ. How many years uh, How many years do you have of Hopkins performing? I mean, uh, but seriously, who would you want? If you if someone offered you the trade right now, straight up, Hopkins or Godwin, who, who would you choose? I'm actually, if I've got Godwin and somebody gives me DeAndre Hopkins, I'm turning it down. Sorry. No, if it's just a one league. Now, if this is a dynasty league or if this is a keeper's league or something like that, yeah, I'm taking it all day long. But that, nobody's going to offer me that. But if this is a one-year league right now, I don't know, buddy. I'm, I'm keeping my Godwin play. I mean, I'm I'm doing well with him. So sorry. I so wish I had Chris Godwin and you had a stud because I would trade him to you right now for any of those super studs. Uh, oh no no no. Let me I'm let me be clear sell, in what I'm, I'm saying. Saying, I'm saying. If I've got Chris Godwin, Jeff, hold on. I'm not saying sell Godwin for garbage. I'm not saying you have to dump him off your roster. But I think there's a possibility that you could move him for Devontae Adams, Odell Beckham Jr., or DeAndre Hopkins, simply based on the early season production. And going forward, I still expect all three of those guys. Now, I know Adams is injured, but on a per-game basis, I expect all three of those guys to outperform, outperform Godwin by a significant margin. I don't think this is sustainable for Godwin. I don't think you're going to see 100-plus yards and a touchdown or two every week. I mean, that's just – it's crazy. Uh, it's Jameis Winston. Got would you rather have Mayfield – Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback for your stud wide receiver, or do you want Jameis Winston, who I don't know if you guys remember, but the first two weeks, Jameis Winston looked like garbage. So that's the kind of player that you're looking at, up and down, up and down. Uh, the the bad games from Rodgers, Mayfield, and uh, Watson are still better than the bad games for Jameis Winston. So I, I, I'm not saying sell him for nothing, but I'm saying if you can get an upgrade based on performance, early season performance, because we're four weeks in now. That's a, basically a third of the uh, fantasy regular season. Uh, there's going to be some people that are panicking. And if you can capitalize on that panic and get you something nice, get you a nice piece, you know, you're taking your Volvo in and you're trading it up for a, a Jaguar. I mean, I'm doing that all day, every day. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't deal with them foreign cars, but I tell you this, buddy. Uh, you know, I just have to see where. I mean, a lot of these decisions come down to like, where, what else am I looking at on my team? You know, what else do I have? So you know, I, I mean, when I'm answering some of these questions, I'm kind of thinking like, what else does my team have? Is it a PPR league? Is it not PPR league? You know, so I mean, to me, I, I think a lot of that comes into play, and and then you kind of look at it the rest of the season. So. You know, it's interesting where you, you see these guys. I don't disagree with you when you say you sell high on these three. Juju Smith-Schuster, yeah, uh, James Conner, can I sell them? Absolutely. And, and But I'm getting something, a number one in return. So I understand what Justin's saying there. Yeah. And Chris Godwin, I just don't think anybody's going to give me a Chris Godwin for a DeAndre Hopkins trade. 
Um, I, I just see that there's going to be a handcuff in a trade with somebody else to go get something. You know, then that's where you, that's the piece right there where you could sell him high uh, with somebody low that you have, and then and then you go get somebody big. But you know, to me, I just don't think Kesh Godwin is going to be. People are sitting in the same situation you are. Like, was he going to be good this week, or is he not going to be good? So, well, I'll tell I mean, you. Hey, look. I'm looking at Twitter real quick. Uh, one guy, he just proposed Melvin Gordon for Chris Goblin. Who are you taking, Melvin Gordon or Chris Goblin? Do I need a running back? I don't care if, if you need, need a running back. In a in a neutral situation. Neutral situation. This is a no-brainer, man. Come on, this is a no-brainer. You're you're thinking way too hard about a top five running back versus a wide receiver too. Stop it, top, man. Top five running back. I don't, buddy. I'm sitting here saying to myself, is like, is he really a top five running back? On a per game basis, he's been top five for three years in a row. And we just saw that he he is coming into a situation where he has another lead back. Are they just Austin Eckler's the Austin Eckler's the same guy. Austin Eckler's the same guy he was last year. The difference is that he got opportunity this year. If you listen to Coach Lynn, he has already said that uh, Melvin Gordon is the lead back when he's ready to go. So this is don't overthink this. Don't get caught up in the hype. Eckler is a jag. He's he's not a stud. He's they're not going to give Eckler 20 carries a game. Not going to happen one bit. They are going to rely on the run game, nope. and that's but that mo, the majority of that is going to come from Melvin Gordon. I mean, there's I, some, I, there's I'm not. I'm, what I'm saying, where I'm disagreeing with you at, is this: Melvin Gordon is not going to come into the league and get all the touches. Not he's only getting 20 cut touches. He he didn't get. Jeff, the Chargers didn't give Melvin Gordon more than 19 carries all of last year, and he still got it done. He doesn't need it. He's a good pass catcher. If he gets 17 to 19 carries a week, he's a top five running back for the rest of the season. That's just as simple as it is. Uh, Let me give you another trade. Julio Jones or Chris Godwin and Daryl Williams. That happened. I mean, this is silly. Uh, Sterling Shepard for Chris Godwin. Now, that's a dumb one. Who the hell does that? Yeah, but there no. are some crazy stuff out there. Uh, but that actually happened. Uh, let's see here. I don't know how Julio Jones is even in the conversation with Godwin. Uh, Amari Cooper for Chris Godwin. That happened. No. Can I have Amari Cooper, please? Don't undersell the idiocy of your league mates because there yeah. are some Okay, so maybe, so maybe it's, just, maybe it's just the leagues I play in, and I'm not just playing with guys who are out there. Maybe maybe I, I don't play with a bunch of 13-year-olds who, who live on Twitter and throw out these trades out there and maybe like, yeah, I should absolutely trade Julio Jones with uh, Chris Godwin. What do you think, guys? Hey, I think that's a great idea. Now let's go to recess. No, that well, ain't the way we – that ain't the leagues I'm playing in right now. So I don't see that type of trade. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, tell you right that. now. I'll tell you right now, this is not that crazy. Uh, not at all, actually. Uh, it's just not. It's there's a lot of leagues out there, and for our listeners, send those offers. Send them out there. Send Godwin for Adams, for Beckham, for Hopkins, because you're making a big upgrade. Don't listen to Jeff and just sit there saying it won't happen. You got to try at least. Uh, put it out there. You don't know if it's going to work or not. But I mean, seriously, people are out there debating Amari Cooper or Chris Godwin. Or DeAndre Hopkins. I'm looking at this guy questioning, would you trade Amari Cooper or Chris Godwin for DeAndre Hopkins right now? What is wrong with you people? Uh, I'm not talking about you listeners, but these idiots on Twitter that are wondering if they're going to trade Chris Godwin for DeAndre Hopkins. Do it. It's a no-brainer. 
I just you've got to make moves that are gonna that are gonna improve your team. And Chris Godwin is a nice piece. He's a, a good wide receiver too, but Hopkins is still a very, very good wide receiver. You're seeing the worst of Hopkins right now. And when you see the best of Hopkins, you're gonna forget about Chris Godwin. You're gonna forget you even owned him. Uh look, we've we've talked enough and uh, oh wait, wait. Actually, no, we haven't. James Conner, man, I put him on my sell high, and we didn't touch on him real quick. And I want to hear what your thoughts are after a big game on Monday night. I know you own him. What are you doing with him now? Are you holding, selling? What are you thinking? Yeah, so I'm definitely trying. I'm trying to sell him, and here's why. I think this little uh, I don't know what they called it, like a dip pass or something like that, that they got him like eight receptions for eighty plus <laughs> yards or something like that. Yeah, the tip like, pass. That's a, what? Tip pass. A tip pass, dip pass, test pass, yeah. Right. So to me, that's a that's not sustainable. And, and I think they just needed Pittsburgh's like we got to go out there and win a game and do whatever we can to win a game. And then, so they you saw you saw Randolph come out and you got Samuels in there at quarterback. You got you know all kind of interesting dynamics going on in the background. And and Cincinnati was just horrible, but that's what Pittsburgh had to do to win. What's going to be realized is that you got game tape on this now. And so when teams play that, they're going to see this particular thing. They understand how the lineup's going to be, and they understand what's going to happen when Samuel's in the background, what's going to happen with this tip pass. You know, so these tip passes, they're not they're not like a they're not an out route or something like that. It's just a small, like it's a forward lateral type pass that's going to get you 80 yards. And now all of a sudden you got extra points because it's considered a, a, if you're in PPR, for example, you're getting four extra points there. So, or half PPR. And so to me, it's kind of like, that's a very interesting dynamic, but don't get caught up in the hype. This is an opportunity right now to sell, sell, sell on James Conner because they're going to have the tape on him. He just isn't producing. I'm not a Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I'm not on their bandwagon. Uh, and, and trust me, I'm an owner of James Conner and Juju sister. And I'm telling you right now, sell when you can. Um, yeah. And so my opinion. Yeah, I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick. Uh, we can move on because uh, there's still some stuff we want to talk about, including the waiver wire ads. And look, I'm calling this – I'm giving a new name, uh, uh, this segment a new name. Let's call them Chasing Them Down. You know, mm-hmm. again, we're runners. We like to do this kind of stuff. Uh, we like to be a little quirky. So let's chase them down. Let's get some uh, some players that we really need. The first one I'm going to talk about is Ronald Jones. And I know I talked bad about him earlier this season. I've not felt great about him. But apparently the Buccaneers have found a role for him, and it is working. He ended up with 20 touches to Barber's nine. Uh, there's nothing to, to argue here. If you're getting a guy who's getting 20 touches, 15, 20 touches a week, he's worthy of a roster spot and especially at least a flex. And so Ronald Jones, to me, he's looking – his career arc is going up right now. Uh, I have him on a dynasty team, and I'm finally feeling good about him after a good few weeks. He had one dud in week two. Uh, there's rumor that he was a little banged up. But otherwise, he's been really nice this season as far as production goes on a per-touch basis. There's nothing to complain about there. Uh, I like him going forward. And another running back, Jalen Samuels. I know we talked about James Conner, but uh, – Jalen Samuels with that little wrinkle in the offense with the Wildcat, that's something to look forward to if you're an owner of him. Uh, If he's going to get on the field in that situation, that's just more opportunity for him to get touches. You know, when he's in the Wildcat, he's guaranteed a touch. Whether it's a pass or a run, 
He's he's not back there. You're not wondering, is he going to get it? He is getting the ball uh, when he's behind center. And I think that is more sustainable than what the James Conner situation with, you know, getting a, a few touches for a whole lot of yards. Uh, if you're looking at me and I've got Jalen Samuels on the waiver wire, I don't know that I'm spending a, a priority on any of these players that we're listing tonight, but I think all of them are worth uh, a roster spot, especially on deeper leagues. Uh, Jalen Samuels is, is worth a roster spot on just about any team out there. And then his teammate, Deontay Johnson. Uh, I know we talked bad about Juju. On the other spectrum, in that offense with Mason Rudolph, uh, Deontay Johnson's look really nice. Uh, I thought it was going to be James Washington based on the college connection, but it looks like Deontay Johnson has moved into, honestly, he's moved into a wide receiver one role, not an, a fantasy wide receiver one, but a wide receiver one on the Steelers. He's getting more looks. He's more involved in the offense than Juju. Uh, he's going the opposite way. His his yearly projection is going up while Juju is going down. And that's somebody that you want to go and look for. And he is available everywhere. Uh, any thoughts on those three? Because I think that's a clear tier above anybody else with Ronald Jones, Deontay Johnson, and Jalen Samuels, Jeff. So let me hit up uh, Ronald Jones real quick. And, and, yeah, I think you're right. He has become the number one running back in Tampa Bay, clearly. Okay, 20 to 9, t- out touching the ball. Um, but he, here's what I'm here's what I'm saying is that he's got what is considered a very good run defense coming up in, in New Orleans Saints. I mean, they just held Ezekiel Elliott to like under 50 yards rushing. And, and then following week, he's got Carolina, and Carolina's done well too uh, overall. Their defense is a little bit more surprising as well. So, you know, to me – um, yeah, I'm not on the the Ronald Jones uh, bandwagon. I'm not. I'm I'm letting him go. Uh, not by one of my picks, but I am looking for wide receivers probably this week. I, I mentioned it earlier. This is where that quarterback injury bug is starting to move over to the wide receivers. You mentioned them earlier, and and Deontay Johnson for me is 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 one of those that I'm I'm targeting. Um, you know, when you get you're making the best of a of a good game. I mean, you get six targets, catching all of them there. Um, to me, I think he is the guy uh, over James Washington. James Washington goose egg. He didn't even catch the ball. So the one he got thrown to him. So yeah, I'm agree with you. You know, another one I'll throw out there, wide receiver wise. This is mine. Is AJ Brown. Um, I think AJ yeah. Brown is he played a, he had a good first week he had a good fourth week he had two low weeks i think this is the week to get him i think he's becoming the guy to go get there in tennessee uh i, I kind of like him i like where he's going i like i like what they're doing with him i think he's the guy to kind of get there and push in your in your your bench i think he's going to have a good week coming up so yeah i don't i don't mind aj brown the only problem is marcus mariota and i don't care if he's looked pretty good this year uh, it's been against some, I mean, it was against my Falcons defense this past week. Uh, whatever, man, the way they've been playing, nothing, nothing feels good about them. And I don't know if there's much to carry over from them. Uh, but I'll tell you, I do like some of the wide receivers that we have the opportunity to grab this week. I mean, uh, MBS and, uh, Geronimo Allison, both of them are available in a lot of leagues, uh, especially with the slow start for both, uh, with Adams out with that turf toe. And I know you're still optimistic, but I think uh, both players are have an opportunity to move forward 
in a more prominent role and you give them opportunity with Aaron Rodgers, even if Aaron Rodgers isn't the old Aaron Rodgers, it's still he's still a pretty good quarterback and they're going to score points. Yeah, no, like I said with uh, with the, with with Rod uh, with Adams earlier is like you should have handcuffed him. I said I think I said that last week, maybe it was the week before when I said, hey, you got to go out there and grab MVS, you know, because now like he's available in so many leagues and Devonta Adams is kind of showing coming up on an injury report. Now he's injured, right? So I'm saying that MVS was definitely your pickup, so I handcuffed him. So I'm feeling okay about Devonte Adams being hurt right now because I, MVS is going to be the guy. Now, who, whether he goes to Allison or whether he goes to MVS, I think MVS has some. He's got some hands issues. He's dropped a couple this year. Um, when he, big, I'm talking about big ones that he could have caught and made, made even bigger. Right. Uh, based on the games that I've watched, I've actually watched a lot of Packers games this year just because of the, the times that they played. Um, you know, Thursday night games and Sunday night or Monday night games. So, so I've been watching those kind of games a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think MBS is the guy there. Uh, and you're, you're good at overall. I mean, yeah. And look, one more, uh, based on injury and it's going to be one of those that flies under the radar, but remember they play the Arizona Cardinals this week. So if you're looking for somebody to fill in, uh, John Ross is out and Alden Tate is in for the Cincinnati Bengals. I expect a little bit of a bounce back against that hapless, poor, porous. Well, there's all kinds of adjectives that we can describe that we can use to describe that Arizona defense, but none of them are great. And so Tyler Boyd and Alden Tate uh, should actually feast on that pitiful secondary. Um, And then uh, there are a couple running backs to look forward to, or to actually look out for. Um, We don't know about Marlon Mack's situation. Uh, Coach Wright came out and said that uh, it, he benched him not because of injury, but because of game flow, which kind of makes sense. And they're going up against the Chiefs this week. So if Naheem Hines is out there, I'm grabbing him because I think you could see a similar game flow with a very good, obviously, Chiefs offense putting points on the board and making the Colts chase them. And if they're chasing, then that means Naheem Hines is going to be on the field catching balls. And then Jordan Wilkins. Look, he's he's an ad only if Marlon Mack is out. He was in for 20% of the snaps that last uh, this past week. Uh, I, I don't feel great about him. I, I wouldn't even add him if Marlon Mack is is playing. So he's a late week ad. But if Marlon Mack is out, he's going to get some goal line work if they get down there, and I'm sure they will against that Chiefs defense. Uh, he's going to get some uh, grinded out first and second down work. I still prefer Naheem Hines over him. Uh, given their roles just because of what I predict is a negative game script where they're trailing. So any thoughts on those guys, Jeff? Yeah. So I'm a Mac owner in a couple of leagues. And uh, so I just got a, a, a quick question for you is that, okay, here's a guy, Naheem Hines, who, yeah, he got, he, he jumped in because of game flow. You got T.Y. Hilton that's absent. You didn't mention that, but that, that does, that right. does play into this. Okay. So Naheem Himes, six of six for 39 and, and only three rushes for six yards. Marlon Mike right. is a clear number one there, right? So to me, yeah. I'm I hear what they're saying about his ankle, and it wasn't a game, it was an injury, but he from what the reports are is that he's Marlon Mack isn't even practicing much this week. He's limited. And so I'm asking myself, do I put Naheem Hines in if I have him handcuffed over Mac? Because that's what I hear you say. Uh, 
Or do right? I go to That's... a whole different one? No. See, if I've got both of them and I'm trying to figure out, I'm hoping I have a, another option uh, because I don't want to play either of them if Mac is is uh, active on Sunday just because I think that it could go two ways. It could go that Mac is still the first and second down back and Naheem Hines is coming in for third down and they're splitting. But if uh, if Mac is out, then I feel really good about Hines. Uh, I don't know if you realize this. He had 63 catches last year. So it's not like Hilton. Hilton affects the tight ends more than uh, more than Naheem Hines. I mean, if you're getting if you're getting a guy who caught 63 balls as a rookie last year coming out of the backfield, his role is pretty defined. And I know we talked about this really early in the podcast. Um, I think maybe it was week one when we were talking about uh, outlook for Marlon Mack and how he scored all his points in positive game scripts where they were leading. Well, they're not going to be leading this week. I, I highly doubt that they're going to be out in front of the Kansas City Chiefs, especially after the Kansas City Chiefs almost got embarrassed this week by the Lions. So if you're looking for something, if you're trying to, to read the tea leaves and predict the game, I think Hines has a bigger role, especially if Mac is out. Uh, I'd feel if I'm playing DFS, I'd much rather play Naheem Hines. Uh, but I just don't I don't have any confidence in Marlon Mack for two reasons this week, the injury and also game script. So he would ride my bench real quick. Uh, but if he's out, then that really opens the door for Naheem Hines. To succinctly put this, if Mac is out, I play Naheem Hines. If Mac is in, I don't feel great about either going, you know, going into this week. Yeah, that is my question because that, that's certainly the situation I'm in. And and you know, it kind of sounded earlier that you're like, yeah, I see where I get a situation where this gameplay goes with. So yeah, to me, I'm so I don't even have him on my on my waiver wire ad this week. Um, Unless you, unless you are saying I'm a Mac owner, so right. that's that's to me clarifying I'm a waiver wire ad of um, Naheem Hines if I'm a Mac owner. Otherwise, I'm staying away. That's fair. And look, uh, a couple of the guys I know I mentioned just a minute ago uh, that I thought the Hilton absence affected the tight ends more, and you saw it with uh, Doyle and Ebron both getting into the end zone. Uh, Doyle is out there in a lot of leagues, and I think if you're looking at another absence by T.Y. Hilton, uh, he misses another game, then Doyle has some value out there, uh, especially in a game where they're going to be throwing. And then I'm just going to keep saying it, Chris Herndon, come on, guys. He's still out there in a lot of leagues. Uh, get him. He's This is last week to miss. He's going to be back in next week. And presumably uh, week six, uh, we're hoping Sam Darnold returns as well so that offense can take a step forward. But if you're looking for a tight end 8 to 10 range, I think that's where you're going to find Chris Herndon. And for those of you out there that are struggling at tight end, he's rosterable in just about any situation. And then one more, Michael Gallup. Uh, He's a guy who was dropped in a lot of leagues. Uh, You're probably looking another week or two, maybe three out for him. But uh, right now, Jerry Jones won't even rule him out for this week. So that's a good sign uh, if you're looking forward to the coming weeks in an offense that's going to produce. I like that little that little plug there. It's like Jerry Jones ain't gonna rule him out. In, right. in what other universe does the owner not rule out a player? Just that <laughs> yeah. point. That yeah. <laughs> Jerry's got his own little. He's got he's, his own little world. I mean, you, you know, no, 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 nowhere else, nowhere else. And Jerry Jones yeah. is like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ruling him out this weekend. But you yeah. know, I'm just the owner, so uh, and, and the general manager, and and pretty much is my team. 
So yeah, I just, I'm not ruling him out. Actually, you know, he doesn't have player personnel uh, decisions anymore. He passed that off to his son. But it's still hilarious that he's answering questions from reporters. And it's like, oh, yeah, Michael Gallup. Uh, we don't know yet. We're, we're not ruling him out. We, you know, maybe he could be out there this week. But he does it in that Southern. Well, you know, maybe we won't uh, roll him out. You know, like, come on, man. Jeez, and Peach, just take a back seat and let, your, let the people that you pay do their job. <laughs> oh, man. So, anyways, that pretty much wraps up our waiver wires. It wasn't an, another kind of slow week outside of the top two or three guys. But moving forward, I think that we want to talk about those guys that are surging to the front, the offenses and the defenses. Uh, if you're looking at some offenses that are moving forward, uh, looking good, those Buccaneers, I don't know what's going to happen against the Saints this week, but I can tell you right now that they are riding on a high. They've got some confidence going with Jameis Winston. Uh, the run game is moving. And, of course, Godwin and Evans are just rolling down the field, you know, just tr- trampsing over all the DBs that get in their way. And then the Browns, they're they're kind of making uh, some headway here, getting a groove going. Uh, you know, it's disappointing to see that Odell Beckham Jr. didn't do much, but the whole offense moved pretty well. Uh, of course, Nick Chubb had a lot to do with that, but uh, Mayfield had, we had a really nice day, 20 of 30 for over 300, so you can't complain about that. And then the Eagles, uh, that was supposed to be a pretty good Packers defense, and they pretty much just uh, tore them apart. I mean, when you throw up 34 points on what a de- on a defense that had been playing pretty well, uh, you can really build upon that. And getting Alshon Jeffrey back really helped. Uh, and speaking of that, if you had Nelson Aguilar, rest in peace. You, you shouldn't have him on your roster. Just drop him. Uh, Jeff, are you feeling good about these offenses going forward? So obviously I'm not feeling good about the Buccaneers offense going forward because they play my Saints this weekend. <laughs> but I will tell you this. I think if they continue to play like they did in weeks three and four, then they're going to be definitely an offense surging to the front for the rest of the season. Um, but they do have a, a seem what seems to be uh, a defense in in the Saints that seems to be coming together at the same time that the, that the Buccaneers offense is coming together. So it's a very unique situation here with this weekend. I think this is the weekend that's going to tell what what the Buccaneers are all about this season. Are they the week are the Buccaneers of week one and two? Are they Buccaneers of week three and four? So, but I tell you the Browns um is very, very good team. I said it, I said it earlier about this this is an offense that should be revolving around Chubb. Um and the Eagles, uh yeah, they're I, I'm I'm the jury's still out on the Eagles. I'm gonna let them keep riding. I, I own I own a lot of their players jury's out. I'm going to have to play them week to week and kind of look at what they're like. So, Yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, as far as offenses that are just looking rough, they're fading to the rear. You know, they're locked up on the back stretch and uh, doesn't look like they're going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins sucks. I know you mentioned the other day in the text uh, that he looked like he was playing pretty well. Man, I didn't see it. Uh, he's garbage. He's so bad. And I don't know what happened because he's been so good for several years now. But what he's doing out there, he's missing open receivers and overthrowing guys. And the offense is stalling. He put up some decent numbers as far as uh, passing yards. But uh, if I'm playing anybody against uh, the Vikings, I'm assuming that it's going to be a low-scoring game because it's not like the Vikings are going to push the push the ball downfield and force another offense to to uh, catch up against them. And then the Bengals and Cardinals, I mean, it's offensive line issue. 
The Bengals and Cardinals have two of the worst offensive lines out there. Uh, it's just there's not much to say. Uh, the Red Rocket can't do everything, uh, and we're going to see how those teams do against each other this week. And uh, there's some streamers available in this situation. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, two of these offenses that are fading to the rear, I've got for uh, QB streamers. So uh, I'd like to see how uh, how that goes and what you think about that, Jeff. Uh, because we've got uh, Andy Dalton against Arizona and Cousins against the Giants. Now, my first streamer is Jacoby Brissett against the Chiefs simply because of what he's been able to do and what the Chiefs give up. Uh, play him if he's available. He's an easy start. But uh, Andy Dalton uh, against those Cardinals and Cousins against the Giants. What do you think, Jeff? Okay, first off, let me go back to something here. I'm gonna, I gave you a chance to talk, and I want to defend myself. For all you listeners out there, it sounded like, Roby just said that uh, that Kirk Cousins uh, was playing great. Uh, you know, that's the tape. Okay, it's on the tape. That's what Justin just said. But what is out there is that I'm saying he 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 is playing very good for a team against Chicago. Okay, Chicago is a phenomenal defense, and for him to go out there and play uh, and and actually. Double, almost double his completions uh, for the entire season, um, and, and and put up over 200 yards. Yeah, he didn't get the inter- touchdowns, but he also didn't throw the interception. Now, yeah, you're gonna come at me and say, well, what about the fumbles, right? So, I mean, the dude does have like what, like like six fumbles on the season, and he So. To me, I think it's like it's. I just said in the text, I think that he's playing better against the Chicago defense. That's what I was trying to get at. Now, now take it for you what you want. You're the one adding him to this week's streamers. I'm not streaming anybody. I streamed based on your recommendation last week. <laughs> against the Giants defense, and I got negative two points. Two. Negative two I don't points. Say. I, I felt terrible about that. So if you're a listener right now and you're like, you know what? That is right. Justin did say that. And here I am writing down all my notes that Justin said. He did say Keenum last week against the Giants. And here he is saying Cousins this week. You know, maybe I should go look up who Kirk Cousins' backup is and get ready to play him. Because, <laughs> you know, why not? Since he's the guy. Let me, you know, in fact, I need to look uh, Sean Mannion. Is the backup? Yeah, there, you so there you go. Start Sean. Grab Mannion. him. He'll have a, a three interception touch uh, day against the Giants uh, as right. Haskins. Clearly, so. clearly the Giants are all of a sudden the '85 Bears, and they're shutting down everybody. Uh, no, I mean I think that what we saw in the first three weeks is the real Giants and the Redskins just suck that bad. Uh, honestly, I think if they had left Keenum in, he probably ends up with a decent fantasy day. Agreed. Agreed. Because Haskins is not ready for the NFL and Keenum in a, in a negative game script where they were going to be throwing the ball. Uh, I know. And, and maybe it changes a little bit because Terry McLaurin was out. He was a late scratch after a yep. game time decision uh, that probably should have adjusted your expectations a little bit uh, based upon what I told you guys in the chat that Paul Richardson sucks. Agreed. Okay. So all you guys saying Paul Richardson's going to get opportunity out there in our group chat and then you uh, you see what he did as a wide receiver one in that offense. Come on, man. You gotta have you gotta kind of look at what you got going on. And with Terry McLaurin out, they just didn't have the receivers. And Dwayne Haskins sucks. I mean, so Case Keenum it didn't hey, work no, wait out. A minute. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. Now 
I'm not going to say Dwayne Haskins sucks. You get thrown into a situation where you haven't started, you haven't played with first team reps at all. And you come in cold and expect to jump into a situation where you're already, you're already down. And you come in and you're going to be, you're going to throw, you're going to play garbage. Jeff, let me let me ask you something. How'd you feel about Nathan Peterman in that five interception game a couple years ago? Did you say he sucks? Yeah. Hell yeah, you did. And now Haskins comes in against the poor, poor, poor Giants defense and throws three interceptions. And you're gonna say he doesn't suck? Come on, man. He sucked. No, no, sucks. no, no. I'm not. Yeah. What I'm saying. He's not ready I'm not, for the NFL. Here's the thing. I, I agree with you. He's not ready. But the jury's still out whether he sucks or not. Oh, Nathan sucks Peterman right is Nathan Peterman wasn't a number one uh, our first round draft pick. Okay, Nathan Peterman should not be playing the game, but was playing the game because of injury. So to me, you're in a situation where you got a guy coming in and he shouldn't have never been starting. Case Keenum played a very good first two weeks. Yeah, very right. good first. Two weeks. In fact, he he had like one of the, he was like one of the top. He had a bad week three, and yeah, then they the pulled him and benched him in the first first quarter, second and beginning of the second quarter. Come on now. Yeah. No, it, on. Just, it was a bad situation for a, a potential high uh, volume streaming matchup, and uh, you know there's no excuse for it, guys. We let you down on that one, but I really think you can go back to the well uh, because I think Cousins is going to get his uh, digs, and Thielen are a much much different matchup than Paul Richardson and Trey Quinn. So if you need a, a streaming option, uh, but still, I like Brissett and Andy Dalton more than Cousins. So Cousins is my third option out there. I think either Brissett or Dalton would be available. Um, but uh, if you're looking and then going really deep in the well, Chase Daniels versus Oakland. Now, I hope that you are not in. You've got to be in a 14 or 16 team league with a disaster at quarterback to do that. Uh, but if you need to. Uh, I think Chase Daniels could end up getting you, you know, 175, 200 yards and a touchdown or two. So a a suitable, but certainly not going to win you the week. But I don't think. So let me say this. Let me ask you this. You're saying going deep in the well, right? Yeah. Where do you sit right now with Garden Minshew? He's available in a lot of leagues. How how far? See, I don't think he's available in most leagues, Jeff. And if you will give me about. Uh, come on. Let's see here. If you will give me about four more seconds here, Minshew. Let's just see. Oh, he's only rostered in 14%. Uh, if yep. if he's available in your league, I'd pick him up and play him over everybody except Brissett. I want to put him third in that row. I didn't realize he was not that owned. I thought that the craze had struck, you know, all those pictures of him coming out of the airplane with, with a little chest hair in that stash. I was certain he was owned in more leagues, and uh, maybe that's a dynasty part of me where he's owned in all the dynasty leagues that I'm in. Uh, but I guess in redraft, he is available a lot in a lot of places. So yeah, uh, easily uh, he would be over Cousins for me. So maybe that pushes Chase Daniels down to a fifth option, which means please don't go there. Please don't do it. Yeah, I don't. I just I, my thing is this weekend. I just don't really see streaming quarterbacks, and I hope you're sitting well. I think Jacoby Brissett is your guy. Versus the Chiefs, and I don't really see any serious options out there, in my opinion, that you're going to be able to. So you don't feel confident. You don't feel good with Dalton right now. 
I don't know, man. Man's throwing his helmet on the sideline. You know, the Red Rocket is not uh, not producing the way I thought he was. So I mean, well, I mean, I think, I think the whole team is just imploding. Right. Well, even against now, I mean, it was three games of solid production. I mean, two really nice starts over 300 yards. Of course, we talked about that. But then Buffalo, it was 250 and a touchdown, and he had another rushing touchdown. So he had a nice, you know, 18 point game there, or whatever. Uh, the let Pittsburgh game. You, let me but, tell you my biggest concern about Andy Dalton. Okay, yeah. it's not him. Okay, because I like him. You know, great quarterback out of TCU. Here's what my concern is: not Andy Dalton. It's the fact that their head coach was the special teams coordinator for the Rams last year. <laughs> I got a problem with that. And he calling the plays. I I was watching watching the game last night on the sideline. He he seemed out of place. Like I I watch our great coaches out there and they seem to be very steady on the sideline other than maybe like the the occasional you don't get the call go your way whatever but for the most part they look stoic and they could they they raise that uh, the the play card to their mouth they make the call they put it back down they watch the play they make the next call right there's a there's a coaches head coaches who are play callers i didn't see it last night and they showed him a lot on the sideline yep but on the other hand jeff the arizona cardinals have cliff kingsbury as a coach and that guy couldn't win in college, and now he's on the pro level. And I mean, he's not looking like he's some you know QB savant out there making Kyler Murray great right now, and certainly he's not got, doing anything with that defense. So he's got me, less. He's got less me. losses. He's got less losses. I'm just gonna say. Wait, who does? They're both they're both winless. Uh, yeah, but uh, one's got a tie. Just gonna throw that one out there. He's got a tie. So. Okay. That Arizona defense is so bad. I want to start anybody against them. Uh, It worked last week with uh, with Will Disley, and I'm going back to it with uh, Tyler Eifert this week as far as a tight end streamer. Uh, John Ross out. Arizona can't defend the tight end. I mean, it's not like Eifert's going to have to fight through a defender. There won't be anybody around because they suck so bad. I mean, they're just going to allow tight ends to do whatever they want. Uh, So give me Tyler Eifert as an emergency play, uh, and then Jack Doyle. If Hilton misses again, I know we we mentioned it. I think that that affects the tight ends more uh, because there's just not that many receiving options out there for them. So they have to find ways to get experienced players on the field. And Ebron and Doyle together are both much better than Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal, etc. I mean, uh, so they know where their their bread and butter is, and I believe they go back to the well with Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron against the Chiefs. Yeah, I think I a lot of owners out there are very concerned about the fact that TJ Hawkinson it went down. And I think a lot of owners out there right, right now are having the buyer's remorse. I think we said last week, Sal, get rid of him. Um, so I hope you had a backup plan because there's not a lot of streaming options for, for your TJ Hawkinson guys. So you're going to have to go to the whale somehow. Um, on the, I, okay. think, I, think, I think if you can find them – uh, you may have to in your league. I think there's a couple opportunities out there for some tight ends that, that have have getting have gotten dropped because of uh, of plays out there. So you may you may find a, a lucky uh, a play out there. So that's just like Jimmy Graham. A lot of people like went low on him and dropped him. So this might be the week that he's sitting on the waiver wire, um, you know, or something like that. So just think about it. Yeah, Look. that's fair. It's a rough week for tight ends because uh, the best players have the best matchups, which leads Jimmy you Graham, to Jimmy Graham so, and ESPN is rostered in only 35%. So he's available. He's available out there. So he's available uh, out there. 
especially with Devontae Adams out, that could open some, open some opportunities up. Yep. Uh, but I think the easiest call of the week for streamers for us is defense. Uh, there are some great matchups out there with teams that are available in a lot of places. Uh, the Titans and the Bills. And the Bills versus the Titans. I want to start either defense in this game. I don't know that they crossed 30 points as a combined total this week. Uh, so I, both team, both defenses are playing really well. Uh, the Bills look like they could be without Josh Allen, depending on what happens with that concussion. Uh, the Titans have Marcus Mariota. So both sides of the ball have an opportunity to really capitalize on poor offenses. Uh, give me both of that. If you can get either one of them, start them. It's cool. And then the other one is the Eagles versus the Jets. Come on, Luke Falk. Uh, the Eagles have an incredibly t- stout run defense. Their pass defense is their weakness. But that's uh, not really an issue when Luke Falk is the quarterback on the other side of the ball. So I think you're going to see a really poor offensive outing from the Jets and uh, potential for some uh, sacks and turnovers from the Eagles this week. You got anybody else, Jeff? No, I think it's it's a it's a fair matchups across the board. If you know the big ones are already doing fantastic. They're going to keep playing. Uh, I don't have anybody that you didn't mention. I mean, they. I was a little yeah, shocked it, last week by Green Bay, who who gave me a goose egg, uh, and I streamed them. A lot of the reason why is because I, th- I thought well, Green Bay was a top top defense, and they just didn't play real well last weekend. But I, I would have. I, I don't know really how I feel this weekend about Dallas. I personally think I'm dropping dropping them, but only if I, I see somebody out there that I know I'm going to go get, and he's going to be my top waiver wire pick. Yeah, Otherwise, it, and that's one of the guys you just talked yeah, about. Almost any defense is droppable for a good streamer option. I don't encourage hanging on to two defenses very often. Uh, the New England defense and uh, some of these that have really great matchups coming up. Uh, I might, if I had to drop, or if I had to uh, have a second defense for a week, I would. But uh, carrying two defenses is a, is a big no-no for me. So, um, look, that, that about wraps it up, guys. I want to try and get this out to you as quick as possible. So we're going to get off the air here, and I'm going to do some uh, real quick editing so we can have this out to you. Uh, we're going to try again for Monday next week. Uh, sorry it couldn't happen this week. Uh, we're hoping that we can uh, make this show a little bit earlier for you so that you can use it more for the uh, upcoming week. But, uh, yeah, that's about it for us, Jeff. What do you think, man? You ready to get out of here? Yeah, I think I think this is, you know, it was a good week uh, overall. Uh, I'm excited. Now Now we're into October. And, and October is hopefully these we're behind these injuries and, and the teams are starting to roll now that they're through the first first quarter of the season. And I'm really excited about how we're going forward. So, you know, uh, you know, keep hitting us up on the on the Twitter at the rundown ff pod and uh and keep getting that word out about this uh podcast we're gonna keep bringing it to you next week monday uh you'll be able to get this on tuesday get those waiver wire ads in so appreciate you guys listening and hitting us up yeah that's that's right and uh, remember you can find us on apple Podcasts by searching for the rundown ff pod uh just pass that along man uh we'd love to get more more listeners uh be sure to hit that subscribe button so each week you get our newest episode as soon as it drops and uh, we'd still love to read those ratings and reviews, so don't be don't be shy. Come at us. Give us a little thought here. What you think? What you what you want to hear better? What you, what you like and what you don't? But uh, anyways, uh, once again, thanks for listening. And as always, together we run this. Catch you next week. Bye.